Hi, welcome to On the Periphery Pod. I'm here with special guest Adam Orega. Hello, hello. I'm so happy that we're doing this and this is really exciting for me. I'm so excited. I'm really nervous because <laughs> I am a social anxiety queen. Like it's crazy that I'm actually even doing this. So I'm so happy that you agreed to do it. It's a dream come true for me. No, I am so excited. I love listening to podcasts and you too. listening to yours last week. I was like, this is really good. I like this. And then when you asked, I was like, oh, yes, of course. How have you been doing? What's going on? I know that quarantine is just a crazy experience. Yeah, yeah. I've been good. I School has been a little bit rough, not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. But I've been hanging in there. Um, I'm living in Baltimore currently, mm-hmm. um, which has been really nice being in my own apartment and just like Can't feeling relate. like a real adult yeah. for the first time in my life. So that's nice. I like that. Love that. Um, and what are your like current interests and hobbies and things? Like what can we catch you doing? Really getting into learning how to sew and making new clothes. I try and post um, pictures of whenever I finish something on my Instagram. Oh, they're so beautiful. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, thank I you. her Instagram. <laughs> thank you, thank <Okay>. you. <laughs> but yeah, I've been trying to really get into that. Um, and also just like crafts. I've been very into crafting during quarantine. I've been doing a lot of painting. Um, I built a guitar, which was Wait, a lot of fun. Really? I, there's like a kit on Amazon where you can get like the parts for an electric guitar. Holy crap. So I like painted it, put it together. It was a lot of fun. It took a while, but wow. yeah, that's what I've been into recently. That's nice. No, that's really cool. I've been trying to learn how to play guitar. It's very slow process with the fact that you yeah, built the it is guitar. A, like that it's is a slow start. Cool as hell. Yeah, no, that's like beautiful. I have not been that crafty. But I definitely had a sewing phase. At one point, I thought I was going to be the next fashion mogul. On Project Runway. Right? But, yeah. you know, quarantine makes you think you could do a lot of things. I thought that I could be, you know, a fashion designer. It does. That quickly went away. When I realized mm-hmm. you just don't automatically get out because you're stuck inside. So I've been dealing with that. That's mm-hmm. my struggle. And that is frustrating. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. No, I like before school started, I was way more into like doing things. Now I've definitely like slowed down on the yeah. sewing and crafting and stuff like that. But before school started, I need like, I'm the kind of person where I need something to do mm-hmm. at yeah. all times. So I always needed like a project or like something that I was working on. Yeah. No, I agree. Definitely getting more restless. I haven't even started school yet, but like motivation level is just, it's tanking. Mm-mm. It's impossible. It really is. Yeah. Like with online class, it's it's almost impossible to actually get yourself into, uh, into the meeting. I can't fathom it. Like I don't want to do, I just don't want to do it. What are you studying? I know, are you still doing like medicine, science, things of that nature? I recall you were very into yes. that chem. I was like, oh, I, yeah, I came into college pre-med, mm-hmm. dropped that real quick, Bitch, real me quick. Me too. I'm not going to med school. That's not, <laughs> not in the cards. But I am still, right now my majors are um, molecular and cellular biology and anthropology. Oh, beautiful, challenging, stressful. Yeah. I like it. What about you? What are you studying? I am now switching my major to business econ because I I was also pre-med track and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. shit got rough real quick. Like it just yep, wasn't- it does. That it does. You know, like I just couldn't really enjoy it anymore because I was so stressed and I was constantly like, oh my God, I just don't know what to do. Yeah. And also I want my 20s. Like Same. I- I don't want to spend my 20s just in med school dying. Like, I'd like to literally, enjoy them. Literally. So that was really hard for me because as a kid, I was like, I'm going to be a doctor and la, la, la. And I spent all that time in high school, like, trying to get everything together to do it. And then I was just like, mm-hmm. man, this is a suck. Like, it just sucks all the energy out of you. And you just yep. don't do anything. 
Yeah, I felt really bad because I felt like it was like almost my like thing in high Same. school. Like I re- like everyone knew me as the person that loved science. I still love science, but okay. like like the the one that wanted to be a doctor. Me too. But and then I got here, and especially going to a school where everyone wants to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Like I, first of all, I'm not going to compete with the all of you. That's just I don't want to do that. Yeah, and also, it's just too much work. I'm not, I'm not gonna do it. No, I agree. Honestly, this makes me feel a lot better because I was gonna be like, I'm saying that I'm gonna be a doctor, and I'm gonna be the one person that actually does it. Like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. if I drop it, I look like a fucking fool. And yeah, so that was really hard for me to just let go of it and be like, sis, we, I can't do it. Yeah. the The worst part about it right now, at least, is that my major still fulfills like all of the requirements yeah like in undergrad at least I still have to do everything that's required to go to med school but I just don't have any intention of writing that application to med school me neither no I had to just do a complete switch up because well, first, I feel like the thing that I really wanted to do, it was like my thing. It slowly, I realized, was turning into like other people's thing. Like I know, especially my father really mm-hmm. wanted me to do it. And other people, I was like, I have mm-hmm. to prove that I'm going to do it. Like I'm smart enough. I'm capable. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. And yep. it's like external pressures that are also on it. So anytime I'm yeah. like, if I fail this, people are going to be like, oh, this joke. What another black person thinking they could do xyz and it's like internalized racism really yep. <laughs> so it's yep. just a struggle so i get you i get you so hard on that yeah it just wasn't for me no it just wasn't and that's okay we shouldn't have to yes that is fine it is fine exactly so many people say they're gonna do it and then they realize that they want to live their life it's not it's not it and just so people know and before we get talking like how do you identify like race ethnicity pronouns etc i am biracial my father is black my mother is filipino and probably white not 100 percent sure i want to take an ancestry test and really find out get to the bottom of it um um pronouns not really sure at the moment actually um Mm -hmm. whatever you'd like not i don't have any preferences per se Mm -hmm. love that um i just want to talk about real quick like how do we know each other because you know it's just like you know a random chat and things like that how do we know each other Mm -hmm. what is the landscape why are we here together today (laughs) yes (laughs) we did go to high school together I was the grade above you. Yeah. As a, a sophomore when you were a freshman. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have any classes together, though. No. I don't think so. No, we didn't. Right? I don't no. remember having a class together. Yeah. But yeah, we did go to a very small high school. So it's, and also, like, both being people of color, like, Black mm-hmm. people at a school that where there were probably, like, 10, yeah. <laughs> 10 other people, like, it's impossible not to see other people and associate with them. Yeah. I definitely feel like I didn't, we didn't have any classes together and I didn't really know you, you know, I no. didn't know you, but obviously I knew of you because small school, but mm-hmm. also I thought and still think that you were so fucking cool. Like, cause back then I feel like you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> like honestly, just seeing you walk around and being yourself and just doing whatever because I was really afraid to be out there I feel like I was just like people who like knew me I'm just like very obnoxious and like annoying person but in general I'll just be like kind of <laughs> quiet be kind of quiet and I just loved the energy that you had and that you just did you and that was just beautiful Thank to you. me so definitely very uh inspirational and beautiful so that's that's just how we know each other I feel like you just have yeah. to know of other people and kind of like secretly Mm -hmm. fangirl other people. I don't know. I don't feel like there was really like a class barrier because I know a lot of people in my grade hung out with like people who are above, but I feel like it's kind of still a scary thing because it's only like certain people in the in crowds that Mm -hmm. 
Go up mm-hmm. and you catch my drift. That breaks through the, the glass ceiling between exactly. classes. Exactly. And I just was never, felt like I was never that cool girl to do that. But I definitely would have hung out with you if you would have had me. I would have been like. No, one of the things I distinctly remember from high school was a conversation I had. I think it was with you and I forget who else was there. But I remember talking about Amy Winehouse and talking about the original Tears Dry on their yeah. own mm-hmm. song from the Lioness album. Yeah, wait, oh my God, I don't recall this at all. But I, like, I remember yeah. talking about that song and like we listened to it and we were just talking about Amy Winehouse. And I, like, I think that was the moment when I was like, I like her, she is cool, <laughs> I like her. The second, that is the one thing that like once I gauge people's like music taste is mm-hmm. when I'm like, that's when you know. I got you. I got you. Yes. I have an Amy Winehouse poster over my bed, like some weird shrine I moment. See that. Love to see it. <laughs> I just uh just the depth of her music and how profound and it's so sad. She's my favorite. She I yeah. love her so much. But I always just say that pain breeds legends. You know, people who have gone through a lot yeah. when you get the depth mm-hmm. of them. And it's so sad that she struggled so much, but you know, she also gave us some beautiful music on the way. Beautiful music that especially got me through my sophomore year (laughs) of high school, because that was horrible. Mm -hmm. I think after Mm -hmm. my freshman year, your sophomore year, it really shifted because the head of the school changed. Oh, yes. And the culture started going down (laughs) quick. It went crazy. People used to were like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I loved going to that school. It was so great in high school. And I'm like, bitch, where? It's like the worst years of my mm-hmm. life. But I will I will admit high school gave me some stories. It did give me some some good sit around a campfire and tell people about how crazy it was yeah. in high school. But that's that's past that. It was kind of rough. Yeah, it's rough. Just baggage past that. I got a lot of baggage. Um, these mm-hmm. bags under my eyes are not just mm-hmm. a part of my facial structure, okay? Um, they were earned. Yeah, like how did your understanding of yourself change from when you entered and when you left? Like given the environment, how did you feel coming in to the school? And then when you left, like what was yeah. the vibe? I think at the very beginning of high school, I, I came out of high school, gone to an all boys middle school. Oh Lord. And I think being a queer person, mm-hmm. um, a very effeminate um, person, like co- coming out of an all boys school, mm-hmm. I definitely felt one very like repressed and but also pretty excited to like get into a new space and maybe be able to like change my my brand up a bit like mm-hmm. be like have a have a clean start because no right. one from my middle school went to our high school right um and so I was excited for that and so I found myself like doing little things to kind of like spice up like I'd wear like a brightly colored v-neck mm-hmm. and be like oh wow we're getting crazy over here <laughs> um but I still I think again being like a young queer person going into high school is like a really scary thing because yeah. i also think it's like when people start like dating or mm-hmm. liking people yeah and so going in i was like i one don't plan on seeing any other like queer people in this space i just just looking at my class i was like yeah yeah i don't think i don't think i'm gonna have the options here yeah um but i was also just like even if there were i don't think i would have talked to anyone because i was just terrified um and i also wasn't out to anyone yet it was yeah no the safe place (laughs) Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) not that um and then leaving high school i definitely felt a lot more, I guess, like liberated in myself and a lot more what I thought was understanding. Right. But then I think I came to college and I was like, girl, you didn't know yourself at all. Right. Like, I think I knew 
the person that I had like built myself up to be in high school. And so I think leaving high school, I had, I had like a false sense of confidence in my, um, like my identity and my personhood and who I was. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I feel like everyone kind of enters into high school being a bit like naive, what you think the vibe is. Mm -hmm. I definitely was like, oh, this is my time to restart. Like, you know, like you said, I wasn't really going from an extreme, more extreme environment, like being an all boys school too, obviously, mm -hmm. but I really moved from the same place to another place, but just to a different yeah. degree. Yeah, school to the upper school. Exactly. Um, so it, it, it's kind of crazy because I, I've, as I've mentioned before in the past, like if you watch a lot of movies and you think that that's how it's gonna go, but especially if you're such, mm -hmm. you have such a complex identity and all these things and you're going to a place that's kind of bland, yeah. you know, like you kind of get shook because you have to real quick reassess and you're like, carry the yep. math isn't adding up. It doesn't add up. No, it doesn't. it doesn't add up. And I feel like it's a very devastating blow i think for me that's why my sophomore year became worse because yeah. at the beginning i tried to make it work a little bit but then sophomore year i was like sophomore year was a, a pivotal moment for me too <laughs> yeah it was like i just um the novelty wears off and then you realize i'm in this <laughs> and i think leaving you know i also had the idea of like oh i know myself everyone around me is changing and people are crazy and blah 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 and i just stay the same because i know myself mm -hmm. and college and i'm like oh shit, mm -hmm. what am i doing yeah i think especially after i like came out to my family mm -hmm. and my like my friends and stuff like that and was like living um like out and proud was being mm -hmm. queer. I thought that was going to solve all my problems. I thought I was going to be set. Like, after I come out, I'm just, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be doing whatever starts. I want. I'm going to be living it up. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I did it. And then I was telling myself, like, okay, yeah, things are getting better. Like, I, I feel more comfortable talking to boys. Like, I'm, I don't feel like I'm, like, holding this secret in anymore. Mm -hmm. But and then senior, senior, I will admit, senior year summer was an amazing summer. It was great because I was just so excited to come to college. I was like, I'm an adult now. I can do what I want. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I got to college and I was like, I don't really know myself that well. Yeah. I'm going to have to figure it out. The first year really just slaps you in the face. And I can't believe that you're a mm -hmm. junior already. I can't either. It's it's like kind of gross to me to even think about. I just turned twenty, um, and yeah. just thinking about that, like the fact that I am now two decades old, like no. really messes with me. Stop it! Oh, like, I have to be a real adult now. Yeah, I'm it's having scary. an existential crisis. I'm having an existential crisis. Yeah, because <laughs> high school feels like it wasn't that long ago. No. It feels like it long ago at all. And now I'm looking at like my Snapchat memories is showing me stuff from the beginning of senior year of high school. And it's like three years ago today. Dude. Like, oh, three years. Yeah. Three whole years. Oh, Oof. it's scary. Cause in some way mm -hmm. I feel like it's been eons ago, but then at the same time, I also feel like it was just yesterday. I feel like I'm still reliving mm -hmm. it every single day. Yep. So just me. No, it's not just me. Okay. Because I literally feel like I'm haunted by it sometimes. By high school memories. Yes. Yeah. Like sometimes I'll be trying to sleep and it's just like a stream of consciousness just reliving. You get what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh. Wake up in a cold sweat. Literally. <laughs> I don't know when that's going to stop. I hope sometime soon because soon. <laughs> I can't. Um, who did you like find yourself gravitating towards? Like who are usually your friends in the environment? Yeah. Um, I, my whole life, one of the worst things about going to an all boys school, like my whole life, I've always, all my closest friends have been women. Um, yeah. I just feel like I get along better with girls. I don't. Well, men like, suck. So. Usually, 
<laughs> men suck. Like, I just, men aren't as funny. No. They, like, they just do weird shit all the time. It, it's just not for me. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, definitely in high school, all my friends were women. All my closest friends were women. Um, and also, all of them were older. Like, all of my closest friends were in the grade above me. Yeah. But, like, that was, like, my main, my core group of friends were all in the grade above me, which did present a problem my senior year. Yeah. Um, but I did I did have a lot of friends in my grade. Um, and a lot of, like, really close friends in my grade. But, yeah, yeah definitely, especially within my own grade, it was, there's, like, a group of girls and all of us were people of color and we had been friends from like the very beginning of high school. And I think that was definitely something that like helped me through Mm -hmm. like getting to the end of high school and keeping my sanity. Right. um, Especially at that school. But yeah, I like that has always been my, like the people that surround me. Yeah. That's so interesting. I remember, because now I do have more recollection of you hanging out with the older girls at the school. Before I did not, mm-hmm. I was like, who? But now I got you. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I've always had an issue with, like, a lot of my friends weren't people of color. I mean, you know, not like also other, like, brown and black students at school. Mm-hmm. I found really a hard time, like, kind of connecting and that sense like I really wanted to be friends with them but I guess maybe yeah yeah, like it like being at a school that is majority white like yeah a lot of your friends are going to be white like that's just the statistics of it but um I definitely think uh at the freshman retreat like me and these four other girls were tight Mm -hmm. and all through the beginning of freshman year we like those were our people and whenever some like crazy shit was going down, like right. we were at least able to like sit at lunch, like get across classroom at lunch and just like decompress, debrief. Yeah. And I do think that that was like important to yeah. my experience. But yeah, I w- I definitely was like a lot of my friends were white at yeah. school. Like, um, but I do like my core group of friends. Yeah. Were like mainly POCs. Yeah, I think it's difficult when, obviously you're gonna have more white friends if you're in a place that's predominantly white, but it's also difficult because I feel like a lot of components, they don't understand or just do things to intensify your feeling of being like, you know, kind of like upward. Like, do you recall like anything, I don't know if it's too traumatic, but something like they were your friend, but when they said something that was like, bruh that's just blatantly racist you can't you can't do that i don't recall anything with um like my close friends yeah um but i do remember multiple times where i had to um like have a conversation with someone that was throwing around some slurs that rhymed with maggot oh and i had I, one of them was in class too. Someone said it in class. We were we were on a break. The teacher was out of the room, and I like I had to turn and be like, "Did you actually just say that in front of me? Like you really you really use that word with your chest right in front I of me?" I believe in violence, but <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> but I was getting close. Yeah, um, yeah. There were like two or three instances where. I was hearing that being thrown around. And um, one of them, I was lucky enough that one of my friends, cause like, I'm also just, I'm not a very confrontational person. Right. Well, I feel like most you of the time. Be, cause a lot of time people yeah. call you especially violent or just like over the top. And it's like me defending myself and saying that you're wrong is not, but they always take it to the next degree. It's yeah. Like, if Sally did that, people would just be like, oh wow. Like I am the aggressor. Right. Yeah, but luckily, um, one of those times, a friend of mine stepped in and was like, you better apologize to everyone in this room. I want to hear you say, I am sorry for <laughs> saying that to everyone in this room. Um, but yeah, I didn't have anything go on between anyone I was close friends with. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was plenty of stuff um, yeah. with just like 
random people that I wasn't super close with where I was like, yeah, <laughs> why did you choose to say that? Like yeah. you really opened your mouth and said that. Yeah. I remember just like a trend of people running through the halls and just saying like the N word and just like other slurs. But then all the time when we get into English <laughs> class and they're like, so in this book, it has the N word. Should we say this or not? And everyone's like, I just feel now they're quiet. Comfortable. Now they're quiet. <laughs> like, I just don't think we should say it, even if it is in the context of the book. And I'm like, and then they ask people, mm-hmm. you know, like, what do you think? And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you know what? I think we should say it because y'all have no problem saying it in the hallway. So let's say it right now. Outside? My face. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's, I want to hear it. Yeah. I want to oh. hear it. Mm-hmm. Say it. Hard R, brother. But <laughs> let's hear it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I dare you. But no, everyone wants to act like, that's just so not me. And it's honestly crazy now, I think, especially in these times and we're dealing with the, you know, huge protests for Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter. And I'm seeing a lot of people get on their little socials. Uh-huh. A lot of people are speaking up. A lot of people are And I want to know where this energy was in high school. Right. I'd like to know with I'm- the Black people that you actually knew in your personal life. Right. Because I wasn't seeing it then. I wasn't seeing that either. I was hearing, oh, I went on a tour at this other school and there were a bunch of black people there, so I got scared. Um, but now you're talking about Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I was seeing a lot of people that refused to take BART anywhere, anywhere through Oakland. But right. now they have something a lot of opinions mm-hmm. about the Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter movement. Because because it's cute and it's trendy and then you just mm-hmm. post it on your social media and you're like social justice warrior and I'm like Yeah. It's become the standard what you need to do to maintain like social standing. Mm-hmm. Where obviously like if you disagree or like don't use your platform, like people are gonna be suspicious of you. Right. But that's only half of the equation. Like, I need to see some some action in yeah. your real life. Exactly. Before I start really trusting you. Exactly. It's just so annoying because it's not a trend. You're not somehow mm-hmm. cooler now. Yeah. Just I'm also seeing a lot of a lot of people um, taking their cute little picture with their with their sign that they made at home mm-hmm. with their witty catchphrase. Right. Um, and it's just tiring. It's exhausting. Yeah. Like, I just don't have any words for it because it's the same people who think, oh, I'm just singing along to a song or the same people who want to use a little spam count. They were quoting a vine. Right. It's like, why can you, why can't you accept that some things aren't for you? Not everything has to be Mm -hmm. in this society where there's so much that there's a lot, there's plenty of content. Exactly. There's plenty of content that you can consume freely, you know, mm-hmm. use whatever you want. You look into... Regurgitate it. Yeah, you see the media and things like that, and you see yourself plastered everywhere else. But one time, someone's like, hey, maybe leave these few words and phrases out of your vocabulary, out of your life. Mm-hmm. But no, it's offensive. It's a, it's a big ask for them. It right? Is. It's a hate crime. It's reverse mm-hmm. racism. Mm-hmm. It's being afraid of straight people or whatever that doesn't exist. Like, how did you cope with the various different things that were going on? Like when you had heard these things, like I know you said that you spoke to friends to like kind of dissect, but did you like, what did you do like when you went home? Like who were you when you went home? That's a good question. Yeah, I like, I, I honestly like don't know to be honest. Cause like, I would like, I would go home and I, even though I was like out to my family, mm-hmm. um, like especially when it came to like little instances of homophobia that I encountered, even though I was out to my family, I, I definitely was not comfortable enough like talking to my family. Right. Like just because they knew that I was gay does not mean I was um, like talking about it often. Right. Um, and I was really scared too. And so most of it, I would just like, I'd chalk it up to 
people at this school are crazy. They are crazy. And that's just like, that's who I'm with. It's the, it's the bunch that I got. Yeah. Doesn't seem like there's anything I can do about it except for not really like be as close with certain people after I learned some things about them. Yeah. Were there any things that you did to try to quote unquote assimilate more or did you just say, Oh yeah. I like, I definitely, um, especially in my presentation and like the way I dressed, Mm -hmm. like I've always been a very feminine person in like my mannerisms. Right. But I was so scared of like dressing in a feminine way. Um, like wearing makeup at all, like mm. that kind of stuff terrified me. Yeah. And so I definitely tried to like get up a front and like present in a much masculine way mm-hmm. when I was in high school because one, I thought it would warrant more like respect from people. And also, even though there weren't that many other like queer people at the school, it was 100% like a desirability politics thing oh. where like in the gay community, like it's you, it's not cute to be feminine. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. not a, a desirable trait that people think is hot really. And yeah. so I definitely spent a lot of time like trying to be like more masculine than I really was yeah, or like more than I felt. Um, and so I definitely did a lot of that to try and like fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd say that was like the biggest assimilation tool that yeah. I used. Do you feel like you were ever, because I know like where we went and especially, you know, back on mm-hmm. the thing of people like to be like, oh, I'm super woke. Like, look at this. Did you feel like people mm-hmm. use you as like the typical like gay best friend and they're black like did you feel like you were paraded by people uh yeah a little bit i don't because also i think the thing is not even like not even just by people at the school but like by the school itself come on tokenism i exactly (laughs) because i also think like being someone who is like of a lighter complexion who in many instances is not like identifiably black mm-hmm. like someone who might be like ethnically ambiguous oh yeah the school really the school loved to have me talk at events they love it i know <laughs> and so like any brochure they were snapping pics Which for sure mm-hmm. and I like think they really they really like to push it because your science you were interested in science you were in stem yep Right. And you were also student body president, right? Co-presidents. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely curious about that because I feel like I was like, I know they use Adam as a token. Oh, for sure. I knew it. Like, it. I also was on a lot of brochures. There's one of me that's like mm-hmm. literally holding a, what is it? An Erlenmeyer flask looking into it with goggles. <laughs> <laughs> She's, she's in the lab. Right? Um, and I would speak at panels and they'd be like, talk about yep. talk about your science classes. And it's like kind of a thing of mm-hmm. like, they even turn this Negro into someone who can study the yep. science. Yep. Look at me, I'm educated. Right. And it was so bad because I, w- I would speak to other families of like color and they'd be like, how do you feel? And I was like, I tell them the truth? Run. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. But it's yeah. like... <laughs> If you come here, you got to come and get your education, but you also have to recognize your social life is not going to be it. You're going to come to school every day and you're going to feel like you're just being targeted, you know, Mm -hmm. but ultimately the education is worth it, but there's a Mm -hmm. lot of stuff that you have to sift through. So on the one hand, I love to be there to actually talk to other families and just try to give the real, but I felt like a show pony. Yeah, because I, uh, yeah, I definitely think, like, especially going to a school that was, like, it was a liberal school, Mm -hmm. and I will say, I am thankful for that. I would have preferred that to something else, but, yeah, like, being a queer Black person 
Mm -hmm. It's like you, the school is like, you are the pinnacle of progressivism. Like, Mm -hmm. and so they, they took every opportunity they could. Yeah. um, To, yeah, like show me off to the prospective families. Right. And it's just crazy because they use it as a ploy to get other people to come to the school and they use it for their stats. And I believe there's a stat at one point that was like, the school is 54% people of color. And I was like, okay, hold on. Where are we, where are we getting these? Where'd you get that number? People who are like, I'm 132nd Cherokee. Like, where are you getting those numbers? (laughs) That does not add up. And on top of that, like if you're, they didn't really do anything to really have people feel incorporated or included you know no they talked a really big talk they did not walk the walk they did not walk the walk mm-hmm. and everyone was like oh i love the community here it's so inclusive like we're you know we do all of these things okay first off i think by the time i left the school there was only one person of there's only one black um teacher or staff member in the whole school like yeah our school was segregated the students didn't mm-hmm. really mingle no so unless it was a football game that one football game yeah that one <laughs> football game that let's just say our school did not have a football team but no they didn't have a football team they, there wasn't but there was a football was a game, football game. Happened, um between two sides and they were uh on each side of the color line, you know what I mean? Yes. Or some people would say a race war, but... It was the race war football game. But but the school wouldn't say it was a race war because that was... No, just, and the school didn't do anything about it either. No. So, what, they have one detention where they just sat around it? Yeah. Maybe? I've seen people get worse for being dress coded. Right? Which also frustrating because you notice that the people who got dress coded versus some others like some people would routinely come to school yes sell ass out and it yes. was fine and hey i'm i'm all for coming to school tits out ass out like go ahead yeah. go ahead i would too but the school was 100 percent only targeting one people of color and people that weren't like Stick little so I'm like, if you're going to dress code people, dress code everybody, but the fact that you are targeting yes. certain bodies. Money dress code equity. Baby. Did I ever tell you about when she chewed me out? Was it for the protest? The walkout? The mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. That girl chewed me out. And I was, I was so angry. Like, yeah, essentially when gun violence was a really big topic Mm -hmm. in the cultural sphere right um i remember every high school is having a walkout on that one it was a wednesday in like april or march or something um and our school for the first thing they did was they held like a little meeting with the leaders of a bunch of student organizations and they asked us our opinions on what we think the school should do mm-hmm. about like the national gun violence protests. Right. And all of us almost unanimously said, we need to have a walkout. That's what every other school is doing. And they said, we d- I don't think that's a good idea. We're not going to have a walkout. And then our head of school got up during our town meeting and announced that we are not having a walkout. We're having a walk in. <laughs> don't know what that is. But not only that, they said in front of the whole school that it was my idea. Like they were like, thanks to um, our student body presidents, we've come up with a plan to have a walk in Mm -hmm. as if we had come up with that, which we hadn't. But (laughs) yeah, we were trying not to ruffle any feathers. So we were like, okay, we'll lead this little walk in or whatever. Mm -hmm. We'll do it. Um, And we, we led the walk-in. It was pitiful. It was embarrassing. It was horrible. It was. And we had a really long, like, lunch break period that day. And so um, we decided, like, the two of us and a few of our friends were going to go down to City Hall and have a little, um, like, gun violence sit-in. 
-hmm. and then come back to class. Like we weren't going to miss any class. Um, and then I remember one person being like, Oh, can I invite some more people? And we were like, sure. And so we like made our little signs and then we come outside and there were like 50 people. We were like, Oh, okay. This is how many people are going. Okay. Um, I guess this is a thing now. Um, we got to run. And so we like, we ran out of the school, we figured out a different place to go instead of city hall. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, like the administration came in their in their vans and they're like you better get back to school now get in the van um they took me and the other person who was student body president in a um like little cop car back to campus (laughs) Um, and then um they brought everyone that was at the walkout into a classroom and yelled at everyone told us we couldn't call our parents and yelled at us. And then they said, okay, everyone can go. Adam and um, my other co-president, they're like, you have to stay here. They stood in a circle around us, like surrounded us. Mm-hmm. And then the head of school, um, yeah, she just chewed us out. She was like, you are the most egotistical, self-centered. And she, she was like yelling her. at us, like really yelling. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like my friends started crying and that's when I started getting like angry. Mm-hmm. Like I started getting really angry. And so I, like I will admit I was talking back, but I think I maintained a um, reasonable tone the mm-hmm. whole time. Um, and I said, look, you put my name on an event that I didn't have the idea for, I didn't agree with, mm-hmm. like fundamentally did not agree with. You put my name on an event, gave me a day to put it together, plan it, figure out a somewhat meaningful way to honor the victims of gun violence in this country. Um, and then you like you took your hands off the wheel and said it was my job. Right. And that alone was reason enough for me to want to do something by myself. I didn't choose for 50 people to come with. That's I think it's great that they did. You don't control those people. Yeah. I think it's great that they did, but like, I, I was, it wasn't like I was organizing some secret coup against the administration. <laughs> um, and then the second I started having my own opinion and um, like voicing it, she started crying. No, no. She started she, crying and she was like, this is no, too much for me. This is too no. much. And I was like, no, you're not allowed to start crying now. You're an adult. I am 17 years old and you just yelled at me for no reason. And you are the one crying. But she didn't, she did not pull the white woman victim. She did. She did. And then my, like my parents were furious with her and she was dodging their calls for a month. Like my mom was like, she called her office and her, like the person that worked at the front of the office was like, she's actually busy. Um, for the next um, month, I think. Yeah, she can't. She can't talk to you right now. But yeah, it was a while. It was wait. I didn't know yeah. all of those details. I knew that mm-hmm. the walk in turned into a walk out. Yeah, and I knew that she chewed you guys out, but I didn't know that she had a white woman moment. She fully did. Wow. And I was like, I was shaking because I was just so angry that one, she would, because the way she spoke to us was like in no way appropriate for oh, I believe it. a teacher to speak to a student. Like it just was fully not okay. Yeah. And then the fact that she had the nerve to start crying especially in front of all the other administrators Mm -hmm. at the school like this wasn't like it was just us in a room like there were like seven other people here right and now i look like i'm rude and like have an issue with authority just because i happen to have an opinion about Mm -hmm. the way that she had treated me yeah i'm so sorry that that it's just yeah, it was, not it okay. was a lot. That's not okay at all. I feel like 
it's just so quite like to literally especially i recall parade you around right mm -hmm. use you to get more money to come to her school mm -hmm. money that you're not going to see and the benefits of which you're not going to see and then when you're doing something as an upstanding individual right on your own account then you become the scapegoat when yeah. a bunch of other people and here's the thing because it's all about money those other people who probably mm -hmm. left it's always protecting the bottom line the people who are more rich yep. you know, she's not going to go and call and say hey so sarah and jimmy they left today no she's going to say you no because who's going to come to fucking defend your ass yeah and also like after that she refused to even make eye contact with me like when she was walking around school walking her little dog oh my god um, but the second that when i got voted to be a speaker at graduation mm -hmm. she was suddenly she was suddenly best friends with me right and she she just wanted to talk see how i was doing mm -hmm. and it was just yeah it was just all so performative and yeah. like it was just so obviously um, a situation in which she genuinely did not care, or not even didn't care, actively disliked me. Yeah. And only really spoke to me when it was um, something involving like the school's reputation right. or like public perspective. On it was school. convenient. It was convenient and she literally used you for her own gain. For which you would seek receive none of the benefits, and if that is not what private institutions are, mm -hmm. I don't know what what they is are. what they are because that's all they literally that's what they're like. Oh, we're yeah. so diverse and this and that, but it's not because they actually care about you know having a diverse it's because they might profit from it. Exactly, it's just so horrible because I feel like. I definitely struggled with having ownership over myself and my narrative. And I feel like it's very damaging mm -hmm. if you exist in those environments where you learn that things that you're doing are not for you and that ultimately yeah. people don't care. And I feel like that happens in society where black people or just people of color create things and then other people take it on and usually get more, more for it than the person who even was yeah. doing all the things itself. Like, yeah. you didn't freaking ace AP chem with their fucking help. That was you putting in all the work. But guess mm -hmm. what? They get to put you on their fucking posters and flyers. Oh, for and sure. Quite a place. <laughs> yeah. But moving forward from that, like, I want to know, like, how are, you, how are you healing from those instances of just feeling like, used and basically being degraded by other people for their own gain and now in the present day living for yourself like what was that journey and process like to actually find yourself outside of what other people expected or needed from you yeah it's definitely something that i is still ongoing like an ongoing process yeah it's not like i got out of high school and then thrived like had a week-long revelation where at the end i was just like I am liberated. I am free. Mm -hmm. um, no, it's definitely still an ongoing process. I think one embracing um, a lot of qualities that I was afraid of um, before, mm -hmm. because like, especially like, like wearing more feminine clothes and like wearing makeup and stuff like that was something that I was really scared of in high school. But like, I enjoy it. It's it like does make me feel good. And so like, yeah. just like indulging in those things without like thinking about how it affects like your dating life or mm -hmm. um, what other people think of you was like a huge step for me in terms of like helping with my own like ideas surrounding my identity. Right. And I think the other thing was like learning to shut up sometimes because I will say like having been the person that like our school especially like gave a voice to mm -hmm. like did like instill this idea in me that like oh yeah like I can talk about things like I 
the issues that I see in the world, like I can, I, I have opinions and I like should be talking about them, but then realizing like there is so much within my own identity that um, like lends people to like listening right. and valuing what I have to say, but that does not mean that what I had, my opinions were correct or important really. Like, right. I think that learning that other people's voices are extremely valuable was like a really big thing for me. There was like a period of time where I was really kind of just like a lot more self-interested and like self-centered about like my own opinions mm -hmm. and what I thought. I think those were two really big things that wow. helped me be like, that's so interesting because I I feel like definitely every year at that school mm -hmm. there were a few people who were picked up and like really backed by everybody like you know how every single time and you were actually one of the people that I was like okay I understand why Adam is one of the people who's like a mascot because like Adam's actually cool but they would always choose people who would be like a spokesperson or be that person that everybody was mm -hmm. like super into and they were like the it person of the grade. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you were one of those people, but it's so interesting to find that you kind of recognize like, yes, I know that people have selected me to choose to speak for like different things, but I don't always necessarily have to do that you know, and like, can also give space yeah. for other people to say things. Yeah, I also, sh I also always shouldn't be the per like. Right. Because, yeah, I there was a period in high school when like, especially at those like panels for like prospective mm -hmm. students and stuff, like when it was happening, I was like really happy and excited to do them because I was like, yeah, like I do think that my opinion and like experience is one that should be heard by people. Um, and I still think that, but like, I, it, like, I started to realize, like, oh, wait a minute, the reason why I'm the one getting picked to do this mm -hmm. is, like, X, Y, and Z, like, a specific set of, like, privileges that I have been afforded, um, and there are, like, plenty of other people who might be a lot more well-educated on, like, the subjects that I'm talking about that should be in this seat speaking, yeah. but the school for some reason, like, just didn't acknowledge that. Right. Do you think that in a certain way, I, I, I was just uh, talking with my friend about things like colorism and having just like, mm -hmm. just enough of something that, yeah. you know, brings forth, but also being like, I qualify. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so you think that is part of what played a role in your ability, your speaking ability or your Yeah, definitely. I, like, yeah. Yeah. I think I was like, like, just like black enough mm -hmm. that the school was like, ooh, this is diversity. This right. is what the people want. But at the same time, like, still like palatable. Right. To, palatable a word, yeah. wide audience mm -hmm. um and I like didn't really start like deeply thinking about that until like junior year and then after that I was like wait a minute wait a minute wait a damn minute this is, yeah like this is a little fucked up because I, I in the beginning like my freshman and sophomore year I really did think that like the school was doing it out of like like they really did want to like uplift queer experiences right. and black experiences and then I was like wait why am I in this chair like there are plenty there are, well not plenty because there weren't a ton but like there are other black people that go to this school right there are yeah and that's just like not like why 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 aren't why isn't there a wider range of people right sitting and giving like these um panels for like yeah. prospective students and having like a like they almost have a go-to sounding board for all things regarding mm -hmm. this but it's like the only way that you learn and really gain insight is through having different perspectives instead of yeah 
using and obviously i think everything that you say is valuable right and obviously you do have different experiences but i also noticed that it was a select amount of people that they wanted to hear from because they want to put mm-hmm. someone in front of other people so they can say look at this that we have yeah here but also they're like we want to give you a little hint of taste but we don't actually really care about these other people we just yeah. need them to look like we care and i feel like that's something that i was talking about in the episode that just went up about um zendaya like the, a lot of yeah they're going on with zendaya everyone's like oh love zendaya stan zendaya blah 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 and obviously mm-hmm. i love her and i stand her as well yeah but if she was darker skinned people wouldn't be paying attention this is not Ellen. she wouldn't be in the same place no so it's just like things like that that i really and especially some of my friends too who are like oh i'm being woke and i'm paying attention to this and hearing this person out but it's like you're just hearing out the person who's the very like is the closest yeah. to what you're comfortable with or what is palatable as you said so it's yeah i also think um the school liked to have me talk a lot just because because i was a person of color and because i was also queer mm-hmm. um like i covered all the bases right like they did they the the rest of the panel could have been like straight white men mm-hmm. and they would have been like oh yeah but adam's there so yeah we're good we're set yeah. right yeah i definitely think that's a very important point and i appreciate you for you know stating that and recognizing that because i feel like some some people that i know kind of bask in that you know what i mean like even though they reckon like they don't think about how and it's no like fault of their own but how their own like appearance and expression things like that why they yeah. have thus been kind of moved forward like pushed to the front more so than others and then also think that oh it's because what i'm saying is more valuable or people care more what i'm saying when it's just like they're kind of using you as you are because they just want to have like a little bit a little taste of it but don't actually mm-hmm. care yeah um so yeah i've been never i you're the first person that i've heard who actually like stated that as a thing because sometimes oh, really yeah because some people i feel like get real buggy and actually think that they're more i don't want to say that they think that they're more important than other people but they don't really take a second to question and be like why is it like this they're just like mm-hmm. oh i'm super important and people just care what i say all the time yeah um and so i want to know if you had to do and relive the experiences all over again like if you had to go back say Mm -hmm. you know would you do anything differently like how yes would you choose oh my god yes (laughs) i do a lot of things differently um i would be comfortable saying no more often Mm -hmm. the first thing i think i like like I said, I'm not a confrontational person. I don't, and to me, like saying no to things feels like a sort of confrontation. Mm-hmm. And so when like people were asking to do like a panel or like something like that, I would be like, oh, I kind of have to. Yeah. But it wasn't until like my senior year that I kind of realized like, no, I don't. I don't have to, I didn't, I didn't sign a contract. Right. Like, I don't have to do that. Um, so definitely like saying no more often and being comfortable with doing that. And also just like being more comfortable in my expression mm-hmm. and having more fun yeah. because I think it was like kind of the whole t-shirt and jeans shtick gets old real quick. Yeah. And I just like, I wasn't happy. Um, I wasn't happy doing it. And so I think, yeah, just not really caring as much what people thought. Right. Or, because I also think it was as liberal as the school wanted to claim to be, mm-hmm. like, most of the people there lived a very sheltered life. So, like, they did, yeah. me, so, like, I remember one day um, I wore this, like, holographic, like, sheer jacket, um, and people were like, whoa whoa oh 
my god and i was like girl like it's it's not, not that like it's just sheer yeah like <laughs> that's all there is to it um and so i think i was definitely like afraid of that reaction and like afraid of like drawing attention to myself and mm-hmm. being perceived as trying to garner attention right um but yeah definitely being less scared of that and also just like not putting up with as much shit from people and like like not being as quiet when i heard things that i didn't think were right because there were like plenty of situations where i heard someone say say something that like i was not comfortable with Mm -hmm. and i just didn't feel like um it was my place or that i'd be able to like speak up without any sort of repercussions right and so i just shut my mouth but like yeah definitely holding my tongue a bit less yeah i think saying no is one of those things that's like very i feel like a lot of times as a person of color and also you know if you are in the intersection of you know different like race gender Mm -hmm. sexuality and things like that i know for myself i definitely said yes to a lot more things or things that i didn't necessarily want to do because i thought it would make people think different of me than their preconceived notions like i thought like i remember one time in spanish class i gave away a whole pack of gum i was eating some gum and then someone next to me asked me like if if they could have some and i was like yeah and then i was like does anyone else want gum and then it's a whole pack of gum it's gone because I thought that by doing things like that, people would like like me more, or, like accept me more, mm-hmm. or people being like, "Oh, can I like borrow your notes and things like that?" People who wouldn't talk to me otherwise, and I'd be like, yeah. "Yes, just like hopefully they remember that I'm such a sweetheart," you know. And mm-hmm. ultimately, it's like, no, fuck you. You don't care about me, right? You'll probably talk yeah. shit over there in the next five minutes, like, um, so. I feel like that's just like something people don't think about like people of color and people with queer identities have to do a lot of things to make people accept or maybe notice them more in a way that's not like a judgmental or disrespectful Mm -hmm. way and then you start giving up parts of yourself by trying to please and appeal to other people and it's just no way to live fun like no one else nobody should be more entitled than another person to live yeah. their life yeah i'm like at this point i'm too grown for that <laughs> like i'm too grown I yeah you should just live that's it that's what we're doing i don't care um and i think those are like some of the biggest takeaways you're too yeah. grown for that shit just fucking yeah live people hate they're gonna hate if people it's gonna happen. Do better, they're gonna do better, right? Like I feel like at this point, I can't wait until I get a hate comment on one of these because it's like oh. better than <laughs> do better. Uh huh. The second you piss someone off is when you know you're doing something right. Exactly. It's whatever. I don't. I, I just can't care. I feel like I cared for so long, and it didn't do me any better caring. So fuck it, you know. Um. Is there anything that you want to like plug? Like I've this has been a really great conversation and I've been really happy to listen because obviously yeah, I, I loved it. talk to you so much, right? So like I knew that there yeah. was some shit that went down, but I just didn't know obviously like details and things like that because surprisingly or not, like people have different experiences though they may. Yep, they do, they do exist in some of the same factions of society you know yeah. not one person speaks for everybody so it was really great to yeah. hear i i don't have anything that any like upcoming projects or anything that i i need to plug it, i guess if you want to see some of the clothes that i end up making my instagram is adam underscore arega a-r-e-g-a um and yeah, that's where I document the process of me crafting around. Yes, it's honestly really 
great. I am a stalker fan and I don't know. I mean, SZA references on point. Did you? Yeah, another one of my all-time favorites. Right, Miss Solona Rowe. Uh, mm-hmm. Listen, I'm sure you did, but hit different and the video. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. The video. So good. Really I was so happy with the video because I felt like it was like her foyer into like a real like pop video, like the dancing. Yes. She had the routine. It yes. was. She had backup dancers, and yes. like I appreciate all. Her, I love all her old videos where it's mm-hmm. just kind of like like the gardens video where she's just like vibing in the yeah. forest. Like I love that. Mm-hmm. But I really, I love to see her like, like, you know, doing like a doing, like, pop number. Yes. I felt like this was her coming into pop stardom. You know what I'm saying? Like before yeah, she, yeah. like, here's a little taste. I'm trying something and we need her. We need black female pop stars. Also <laughs> dark skinned pop mm-hmm. stars, right? I feel like. Mm-hmm. Control literally, I credit control to getting me through the last two years of high school. Like that album was everything to me junior and senior year. Yeah, I think that was the soundtrack to my junior year, summer before my junior year. Yeah, yeah. Fruitful conversation. Thank you very much for spending time with me here on this beautiful Wednesday. And also these motherfucking people, if you don't vote, Yes, please, please vote. Please, please vote. vote. Please register to vote. Please yep. help the world heal. <laughs> Many yeah. people heal. Um, and wear a fucking mask, please. Mm-hmm. Please do. I saw someone in an Ace Hardware yelling at the employees about how he didn't want to wear a mask because it was too hot. And it was embarrassing for him. It's so embarrassing. It is embarrassing. I, like, I was literally staring at him being like, damn, that behavior is so ugly. And you don't want to be that person. Yeah. Don't so. don't be an ugly anti-masker, okay? It's yeah, not don't. Ugly. It's ugly behavior. Stop it. And that's on the periphery.